Hey, Lou, don't forget to murder someone else on the way to the car. Low profile, man. control it's they can be very um not self-serious but they very not ludicrous or funny or what the fuck as we are about to get into um so we're going to have some fun with a exploitation and a japanese exploitation i actually don't know what the term is for japanese exploitation but we're doing it with uh lao dean's wolf cop and kazuhiku's yamaguchi's wolf guy and an enraged lycanthrope, which I think is kind of perfect for that movie, because holy shit. So, of course, with me, I have to have the professor of all things weird and wonderful, and also now of the professor of hot sauce, because he is the number six hot sauce on the show, The Hot Ones, which is kind of incredible. So he is torturing celebrities um, wherever he goes now. Um, that is, of course, um, the VHUS host, Dirk Marshall. Hey, how's it going? Hello, Lindsay. How are you? Good. How are you? And thank you so much for coming on. Oh, yeah. I'm doing great. I'm having a wonderful, spooky October and, uh, you know, getting to guest on some of my favorite podcasts and talk about some some movies that I absolutely love today. So uh, thanks again for having me. No, thank you. Um, I knew I had to get you on for this because I know you are a werewolf guy. Um, and you have talked about Middle Beast Project, I think even Wolf Riders at some point. Is that the title? Um, that might come I up later. Bullet <laughs> Clips and yes, we, Project Metal Beast. Yeah, for yes. sure. And we have talked about uh, Full Eclipse on our show, uh, which is an amazing, um, I want to say Mario Bella, <laughs> that's not it. Mario Van Peebles movie um, yeah. that is... It kind of incredible and should get watched more often. So, and we paired it with Turner and Hooch because for some reason I wanted to torture Dirk with Turner <laughs> and Hooch. Um, so yeah, go back and listen to that episode because that was so much fun. But of course, I am doing nothing. I'm doing all kind of werewolf, at least with one of the pairings. Um, and I feel I got it both ways with Wolf Guy as we get into. But um, so, what it is about the werewolf that you actually you were drawn to? Uh, I I just think that there's something just inherently terrifying that it's like it's beyond your control it's also like a lot of people's gateway i think into like body horror um you know because we get these glorious transformation sequences that get more and more painful as cinema progresses Um, but uh but yeah i think those things the idea that like once a month beyond your control you will become this like savage killing machine and then the next day you're just like well what happened like did i do what i have no memory did I disassemble all of my neighbors? What's going on here? Um, so, the, yeah. And, and also, 
I mean, they get the full moon, so they get the spooky vibes right there. It's like the universal monster that gets, I think, the well, he doesn't get a castle, but he does get a full moon. So I guess it's he does. Like it gets 50. a spooky forest as well. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, the werewolf is kind of almost made for the gothic, which um, I kind of love. And just the way that movie sort of kind of played with those tropes and the whole, oh, I don't know what I did last night, because it can be addiction, it can be puberty, it can be all these kind of, um, it can be fairy tales, it can be kind of this metamorphosis thing. And this double is really fascinating because it's going to buck everything that we've talked about with werewolves. It's like, oh, no, 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 this is now what's happening. And they're so fascinating takes on it. But before we get into it, I know you and Sarah have been trying to do this for a while, but you finally made it. And I feel like y- your um, butch sauce got onto hot ones again. Oh, our sauce is the whiskey smoked ghost. Yes, this is number six. Now, if you've ever watched hot ones, which you should, because it's actually hilarious. I like when an interview where they have to actually do something else and it's kind of distracting them. And then they'll give a maybe the people being interviewed may give slightly more honest answers about themselves than they would have if they weren't sweating like a fool with hot sauce. But there's always about number six where things start to get really scary for them. And you've kind that ghost whiskey kind of has got that. It gets the first cough. It gets the first da-da music. So um, that is amazing for uh, Marshall's Hot Sauce because, yeah, you guys have been working so hard at this and now it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It, it takes a long time for something like this to kind of be set up and in motion. There's a lot of moving parts. And so there was a lot of time that we couldn't talk about it. And so that was driving me crazy because I would do events and people would be like, this should be on Hot Ones. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Uh, should. You're right, it should uh, be. <laughs> so to to actually see it, it's still pretty emotional for us to, you know, we watch it every Thursday morning with on our daughter's iPad before she goes to school. And so it's just like, um, let's see what celebrities say about our sauce this time, you know, and we're we're number six. So like you said, it's like right where there's it's the back half. It's the where the heat starts kicking up. But, you know, we still wanted to have a lot of flavor because you don't want someone to just be like, this is terrible. Yeah. Uh, like the, of... They have that one. That's the like number eight. It's called like I can't remember what it's called, but it's, everyone goes, that was disgusting. And now I'm dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a bomb. It's De very bomb. it's pretty hot. Um, but yeah, it's it's been super exciting to to get to have this like kind of moment and to have people like direct messaging and saying super kind things and being just excited to watch like Justin Timberlake eat our sauce and and have to take a moment because it's too spicy or whatever it's just it's uh it's very exciting and um yeah we got seven more episodes coming up so i don't know what celebrities will get but i'm, I'm that excited. is amazing because cardi b as she said oh she left some violence on on yeah, your yeah. Ghost Pepper, which i thought was was very very funny i haven't seen the bobby flay one yet yeah um which i found out my dad is actually bobby flay fan so i'm that was a surprising thing to find out. So I might, I should, I need to catch up on that. But um, no, I was, I like watching Hot Ones. And then to find out a friend of mine, actually, who has been working really hard with, with him and his wife's hot sauce business to finally pop up was so gratifying to see. So um, I, I, I gig a little bit more at the six hot sauce when they, when they cough. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really rewarding to get to see those moments and to have like, you know, just to know that that friends and and everyone are, are watching and like enjoying and feeling connected to the show because they're like, hey, that's the sauce that I like, you know, or or, you know, one of our other sauces that they particularly like more. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just such a fun, wild ride to I could just pick up my phone and 
Or I could just, I was just doing an event this weekend and I could just say to people, this is the sauce that made, you know, Cardi B made her tongue tipsy. And that's like a true thing I can say, which is weird. Or you can say, was it JT from NSYNC? Oh, he just like, he has to stop and turn. This has made JT cough and like Lance kind of have to leave the group a little bit. Like you've got. Yeah, yeah, and it hits Bobby Flay too in his episode. He's oh. sort of like starts to talk, and then he's like, "Wait, okay, hold on." <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> a little confused for a second, which is pretty great. Because no, because I have had your hot sauces, and they do the heat. I I didn't try the hot hot ones, um, but they do kind of creep up on you a little bit. You're eating, I'm like, "Oh, this is nice," and you're like, "No, that's hot." Yep, nope, there it is. It's not. It's um, especially the carrot one. It's yeah, um, which is not hot, hot. But you're eating it. You're liking it. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, I've had too much because now my mouth is on fire. I've just been like <laughs> dipping things yeah. in it, and then yeah. We we definitely try to like front load flavor in the sauces yes. so that like people can enjoy that, and then the heat kind of is in the finish. So it, even at the market, I just did. There was people trying the sauce. They're like, "What's the hottest?" And I'd say, "It's this one." And they try it expecting like instant pain and they're like oh this is nice and then they'd be like the hold on a second <laughs> yeah yeah there is that hold there on a second with your sources it's like wait yeah. oh no this is not wait a minute mm-hmm. okay yep yep <laughs> um but no this is amazing it's amazing i'm so proud of you you thank you yeah and we should really get back into werewolves oh right yes um yeah also vhus You've been kicking ass as usual. I love the different formats, everything. So go also go listen to VHUS. Sorry, I did get distracted with um with hot the hot ones. sauce. No, the hot, hot ones. Hot moving pieces, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot happening in, in your world at the moment. So <laughs> But we are here to talk about insane mm. werewolf movies. And if you've ever wondered what happens to a werewolf penis, we're about to find out. Uh, because as I like to imagine, the curtains are opening for our first feature. And Dirk, what is going to be your first trailer for Wolf Cop? Okay, so I thought since we're kind of on this wolf experience, what better way to start than with a birth? So I'm going with Good Manners from 2017. <laughs> Dorme, cavalinho, aproveita que é pequeno. Vinte e oito semanas. Tá tudo em ordem. Ele é normal? É. Dormiu bem? Tio, só esquisito. Você anda pela casa de noite. yes this is i do like this movie a lot oh great i've mm. never talked to the person that's seen it but yeah. it's uh yeah it's from brazil it's a mysterious wealthy woman hires a lonely nurse named clara to be her nanny of her soon to be born child and when a full moon brings forth the birth of a werewolf and then yes. she has a werewolf child so uh it's just a good way to kind of set the tone of the uh well, not really the tone, but the premise kind of of the show, of this episode anyway, with the uh, the introduction of literally the birth of a werewolf. So. No, it really is. I mean, because it's the nanny that has, I haven't seen this for a little while, and it is very paced. So I think I was walking in and out of the room when I was sort of watching it. 
Yeah, and slow. Yeah, slow. And it does deal with this really interesting class and race issue in Brazil as well, which is absolutely fascinating. But it is this, yeah, this poor nanny suddenly gets this job and now she's raising this werewolf baby and all the <laughs> things that happen when you're raising a werewolf baby. Um, yep. But no, it is a really fascinating um, movie. And I have been focusing a lot on American, were- American werewolf movies. So it's kind of nice to sort of branch out and sort of see how other cultures deal with yeah. this one monster. Cause every culture has a kind of a werewolf within, within it. So, yeah. But that is, uh, a, yeah. And a really interesting movie. So if you can watch um, polite behavior, definitely, definitely watch it. Cause it is, it uses the uh, nannying. Panic. Yeah. Um, it uses the nannying thing to great effect. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. Yeah, my first trailer. Okay, for my first trailer, I'm going to go just Canadian horror because Canadian horror is very cool. And since, um, but I'm going to go The Void. Uh, Stephen Kostansky and Jeremy Gillespie from 2016. You copy of Code 3 and I need assist. Daniel? love love but i appreciate that this movie goes for what it's doing um small town there's a whole collection of people who including a sheriff and a few other people wind up at this hospital while there is a satanic ritual going on by a quite a large satanic cult when you realize how big this thing is you're like oh and it is very lovecraftian so it has all the lovecraftian stuff in there as well and it is kind of um Definitely focusing, uh, it's very Fulci-esque, I thought. Um, but no, I am going for The Void. Excellent. Mm. That's a movie that I think I need to revisit because I was I was so excited about it because I, I love the director that it didn't like, because I didn't love it, I just was kind of, at the end, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. But then I, I now looking back, I'm like, I bet it was one of those situations because I had this with like... Um, Pan's Labyrinth because I loved Devil's Backbone oh, so much. Yes, that, when yes. that movie came out in the theater. I was like, this is a war movie with like 10 minutes of fantasy. This isn't what the, tr- the, the, you know, trailer promised. And so, you know, I didn't get to uh, experience the love that everyone else had for Pan's Labyrinth because to me, Devil's Backbone is like a masterpiece. It is. And, uh, you know, so I had to sit in a, in the bar afterwards and just be like, but what happened? Like what? <laughs> and other people were just like, I love this. So, um, I need to revisit the void is this the point of my story, but actually uh, I do as well because I had just discovered Lucio Fulci when the void I was just getting into Lucio Fulci uh, when yeah, this movie yeah. came out, and all I could see was this is the beyond, this is the beyond, and I watched one, yeah, it's good. So I think I do need to rewatch it as well for that for that reason because I think these are very two interesting. Um, there's this little creative cir- circle in mm-hmm. Canada that are doing these kinds of really cool little movies. Um, same people that Psycho Gourmet or someone else. I forget. Yeah, I think they're all friends. Yeah, yeah. Stephen directed it and yeah, wrote Psycho Gourmet. Yeah, 
um, which is a very Canadian horror movie as well. But no, I, I wanted to bring the Canadian in, in there because even though I have done Ginger Snaps already, uh, Wolf Cop seems to be the most Canadian of Canadian movies. <laughs> what is going to be your second trailer? Okay, so started off with something kind of a serious drama with a werewolf baby. Then you have this awesome cult pick. So I think it, it's only fitting that we then kind of get kind of in the tone of things coming uh, with werewolves on wheels. Yes. Don't miss the most unusual and exciting horror motorcycle film yet made. I come to offer you youth and fresh, fresh blood. Hey, we all know how we're going to die, baby. We're going to crash and burn. <laughs> Werewolves on Wheels, starring Steve Oliver and Severn Darden. The story of a motorcycle gang who ride into a new kind of hell. They ride wild, play hard, and fight brutal. I write your unholy name thrice in blood. <laughs> Werewolves on Wheels, the most eerie, the most chilling, the most terrifying motorcycle horror film ever made. Uh, from 1971, we got werewolf bikers, outlaws, and, you know, this evening's about breaking some rules. So these these werewolves are going to break some rules. Yes, I have seen this movie only because you have mentioned it, because I, I had never heard of it beforehand i can't okay. remember how it came up i don't think you've done a show with it um i think that was project metal beast with matt yeah. um but i did watch this and it is wild because i think uh again as we'll get into a lot of the werewolf kind of movies kind of thought they either were in the 30 uh, the 40s and then jumped to the 80s and there's this whole thing of 60s and 70s movies that no one talks about and oh. uh, werewolf on wheels is one of them this is a truly cult kind of object <laughs> My next one is, actually, no, I am going to go for the sort of more sat satirical one, but um, there is a song at the end that was purely written for this for this called Bring the Fuzz, which I adore because we need more songs about movies that we just, just watched. Yep. So, but because it is called fuzz, Bring the Fuzz, I am going to go for Edgar Wright's Hot Fuzz from 2007. That's just going to scare it. But in a place where not much goes on. Watch this. <laughs> Ta -da! A whole lot is about to go down. Three people have died in a week. Accidents happen all the time. What makes you think it was murder? There hasn't been a murder in 20 years. You're saying this wasn't an accident. Not everyone's a murdering psychopath. It's high time you realize that. You and your monkey. Did he mean me or that? Have you ever wondered why the crime rate is so low and yet the accident rate is so high? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna bust this thing wide open. From the guys who watched every action movie ever made and created Shaun of the Dead. You've never taken a shortcut before. Which is actually way more Wicker Man than you think it's going to be. And I still think uh, showing this with the Wicker Man would be the perfect double. But I generally do love this movie. I remember being kind of blown away because I had not seen Shaun of the Dead yet or oh, wow. um, the this... show. Yeah, I... I, they were kind of around. I knew about them, but I hadn't seen the show or, or Shaun awesome. of the Dead. So Hot Fuzz was quite an eye-opener for me. And then I went back and went, I need to watch everything Edgar Wright's ever done. Yeah, I mean, it's it's insanely quotable. It's, again, more occult than you think it is, the greater good. 
it is very much about this town um, that has got a big secret that is trying to control things to make it what they want. And then you have Edgar Wright coming in. Um, I don't know. It's it's very, very quotable, this movie. Yeah, I love I love Hot Fuzz so much. I mean, I love most of his work. I just think he's so smart and so good with the the comedy and yes. the writing of the scripts. Like on a script level, the way that they will seat like punchlines before premises of jokes. Like it's just so when you rewatch things, there's almost a cyclical thing of you like rediscovering and just loving these moments. And the way that they so carefully selected their touchstones for action movies to incorporate into that movie. It's just like, there's just, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just so good. And uh, it's Timothy Dalton, right? In the, uh, yes, yes, slashing prices. (laughs) He's so good. So fun. Yeah, I I love Hot Fuzz. Yeah, this is one of the first uh, DVDs I bought purely for the commentary. This is, um, which there are, he, Edgar Wright loves the commentary. Um, I think there's like four was like four was something ridiculous like that. It is no, it's just you're right. He's very smart about the touchstones he uses and his gags, and what movies he's really wanting to play with, which I think is really really smart. And um, yeah, it plays really well in front of Wolf Cop, uh, which we might as well get into because this yeah. I kind of love this movie understandably. It's a it's a dorky piece of indie filmmaking that only Canada could produce. When did you first see this movie? Holy hell. (sighs) My God. like you. Ooh, try to stop over the breed. Do some investigating. I think I'm myself when I'm a wolf. You did seem like freakishly strong. You had those claws and those teeth. Plus, you know, you were drunk, so I knew it was you. Hello? Hello. My. What big teeth you have. That's not all. Tell him what you told me. He was a big wolf cop. Lou, you're a wolf. Like the second it was available to watch. (laughs) You heard Wolf Cop and went, yes, please. (laughs) Yeah, I I had been, I don't know what website covered it, but like 
for it, me, a lot of times I'll just read an article and then it's just like, that's on my radar. And so I'm constantly checking to see like, when will this be, uh, I guess it would be streaming. Um, but yeah, the second it was available, I was like, this is what we're watching. And I put it on and despite being a, you know, a horror comedy thing, which is normally not my wife's thing. Um, it's so unabashedly is what it is that it kind of just wins you over with its heart. So she had a great time. And because of the way that the movie ends during the credits and everything, she was like, this is awesome. Like, if that doesn't win you over, you know, I don't know what will. I mean, it, yeah, it is. You're right. This movie is unabashedly what it is. Um, it feels more like a comedy than it does a horror movie, even though there, it is very gory. I mean, there are viscera and guts and skin just kind of plastered all, all over the walls with this. But sort of watching this, uh, which I forgot a lot of the plot. I forgot complete spoilers for Wolf Cop. I completely got the shapeshifters element. I was like, wait, what? What's going on? I love how as soon as um, Lou becomes a werewolf, he suddenly becomes a better cop, which feels very 80s, which this movie is very riffing on the 80s, um, like Hot Fuzz is riffing on the 80s cop genre. So yeah, as soon as I, he gets the pinnacle drawn of the spell, he's like, oh, I'm now investigating. I am a policeman. Yeah, I I mean, it's such a scrappy, inventive Canadian comedy slash horror uh, that, yeah, I, all those little details that are in there, it's it's really... Um, just creative. You feel like they're using everything they, every resource they can to make this movie. It's just like, and then the way that they do it by the creation of like the wolf cop car and stuff, it's just yes. like, it's so cool. Like, it's just like, this is amazing that they got to do this, that this exists, that it spawned a sequel is even crazier. Yeah. Um, the has even said that he had ideas for three and four, which I was like, do we need that much Wolf Cop? I don't know, but like... Let's give it a go. See what happens. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe Good Manners was a prequel to Wolf Cop. We don't know what happened with that wolf baby. We really don't because I'm... Well, we know what happened to Jesse Moss from uh, Ginger Snaps. He moved to this town and became a, uh, became a criminal with a teardrop tattoo, which is just like perfect douche kind of thing. I was sitting there going, oh, my God, it's the kid who got infected from goddamn Ginger Snaps. And now he's in, he is the ultimate werewolf bitch. I love it. <laughs> yeah, the cast in this also is really surprising. Like yes. the uh, uh, Willie, that's, uh, is it Willie? Yeah, played by Jonathan Cherry. Yeah, is, he is. He makes this movie. He is so funny. His reactions, so funny. He's so good, and people might be shocked when he pops up in here because they would have seen him previously in House of the Dead if they watched that and uh, Final Destination Two. Yes, I had to go back and see who he was. My like, who is it? Because I have seen that movie. Oh, that guy. That is a very different performance. This is not yeah. the mustachioed kind of um, town lunatic that he is. He is playing in this, but I love when. Um, I think they're just about to do, they're about to go to the barn where all the meth is happening. Um, apparently, cause I, I know drug terms. Um, and he looks at the, the, they're sitting in the car and they look at the garage and he goes, I see what you're interning there and I approve. And then they go and spruce up the car to make it the wolf cop. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, is amazing. So good. But yeah, he's uh, so funny in this. Yeah. He's, he's really excellent. And this, it's, it's like, Sometimes when you see an actor in a role and you're like, oh, you were made for this part. Like, yeah. you work in the other things. I saw you in Final Destination 2. Good job. But this part, this, the mustache, everything about it, I was just like, this is you. <laughs> you're that yes. guy. You're Willie. 
just the way yeah. he goes Whoa! every time the camera turns to him it's kind of because uh, it's got that you can tell it's kind of very um budget filmmaking which i'm not because 2014 was the year of low budget werewolf movies um it is i mean late phases came out this year when animals dream i mean this is what was happening um so you can kind of tell when they do the kind of the reaction shot and it's a different cut. It feels a little wonky. And then, but every time it goes to Matt Cherry, I'm just like, yes, make that dumb face. Yeah, it's it's really good. I love uh, that they just go for it and call him Lugaru, which, you know, is yes. like French werewolf. It's like, just do it. Just put it right out there. There's no, they're not hiding anything here. Oh, no, they're not. I mean, the way the opening credits, which is actually going to be a little similar to Wolf Guy because the opening credits, because I was, we'll get to, when we get to Wolf Guy, I'm like, what is exactly happening in, in this? Um, still don't know. But it is um, this kind of thing where they sort of open up with this kind of wolf kind of hunt, and then it sort of opens up with uh, who is playing him, Leo Farquaad. I'm butchering his name because I want to say Farquaad, which is not it. It is, yeah, he kind of looks almost wolfish. And then, yeah, you know this is, I love how this is a witchy werewolf movie because um, usually the even though... In the 1941 movie, it very much establishes that the pentacle will choose its next victim. So it is very much kind of this witchy, witchcraft devil thing. This one actually has shape-shifting devil wish. Actually, they're shape-shifted creatures who kind of run this town. And every 30 or so years, they have to have a werewolf hunt to try and keep what they're doing going. And um, I love the fact that is, yeah, this he's he's chosen, he's got the pentacle and he's got the per- cu- curse put on him real, regardless, not so much the random attack of a werewolf is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. And that leads us to the first uh, transformation scene, which happens penis first for yes! the first time in a werewolf movie. Yeah, if you've ever wondered what happens to a werewolf penis, this is the movie <laughs> to watch. <laughs> I do remember I actually, first time I saw this, because I was like you, I sort of... This movie started doing the rounds of what would happen when there's an independent horror movie that suddenly gets a little bit of buzz within a certain group. You read articles, people are talking about it. It's not things you're like, when can I see this? And as soon as the penis shot came, I was like, holy shit. It's like, yeah, because you've never seen penis first werewolf transformation ever. Well, and I forgot that was even in it. So rewatching it, because I haven't seen it since, I mean, I think I watched, I watched it when it came out. And then maybe right before the second one. But uh, so I forgot about that scene. And so when it cuts to him at the urinal, I was like, well, that's weird. They're showing us. And then the transformation happens. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, I see why. Yes, because I love the fact that Lou is an alcoholic. So he is Mm -hmm. he's the worst sheriff in the worst town ever. Now, you then when you're kind of, why is this guy putting, oh, wait, because he's a shapeshifter and he needs him to be the, okay, that's kind of what's happening. But he is clearly... He's clearly not, you know, with it, or he's got, he doesn't have a shit together. And I love the fact that um, in the conversation of, because you find out Matt Cherry isn't sadly a shapeshifter. I just thought he was going to be the werewolf's best bud, but sadly not. Um, that he goes, yeah, but he's stronger than the others. It might be the liquor. Like, I love how the fact that his alcoholism kind of becomes a superpower. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the beginning part. Cause like you said, the movie sets the tone really quickly with the rock and credits. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this and, is going to be heavy metal. It's, yeah, it's all, it's all there. Sort of imagery. And then he wakes up in this lady's bed and he's like leaving the place and he drops his gun and accidentally <laughs> kicks it under the car. And it's like, 
so funny. It's just so perfect that you're like, oh, this guy's just a complete dirtbag and he's a complete mess. And what's going to happen to him that turns him into our hero or anti-hero, I can't even tell, is going to be quite a wild ride. And he drinks so much hard alcohol. It's... (laughs) I mean, there's a thing when he's given like a one of those smaller bottles of whiskey and he just downs it. Like, it's not even a question. He is such an alcoholic. He is such a dirtbag. He is he's the worst person in the room. You so don't, you're like, how are you working in the sheriff's office? I mean, I have seen Wolf of Snow Hollow, which is about incompetent police officers, but that one, yeah. there's a bit more of a trauma, a bit more of an understanding. You do love these kind of characters. This guy, I'm like, how? How does he still have a job? I don't quite understand what is happening it is yeah yeah no one respects him or likes him like yes. the people town, his boss his co-worker it's just like people he's is... arresting no one no no one respects him at all not until he's a werewolf yeah but when he's a werewolf he is a superhero which i kind of like it's it's not like so much like well again i keep promising wolf guy because i have so many so much notes um <laughs> Um, but it is, yeah, it's kind of like that moment when, uh, which is also as a, in Robocop, is it a liquor store that he comes, just, uh, stops the first hold up in, I can't, I haven't seen Robocop in a, a hot minute, but when he's decided he's a wolf and he's also a go, I love how they keep saying where they work in wolf cop into this movie. And, um, again, Matt Cherry goes, you can't go out there. You're a wolf. And just suddenly just turns and goes cop. <laughs> It's and then goes to the greatest liquor store of all time, which is called Liquor and Donuts. What else? What more else do you need? And you're like, actually, that is a fair question. And it's kind of that amazing 80s moment when the strange cop is coming in and he's going to kick ass, and you're just kind of cheering at the screen. And it happens relatively late into the movie. It's not like first 20 minutes, it's like the back half of the movie when he's going full wolf cop. Mm. Yeah. And then at that point, the movie just keeps giving you like amazing thing after amazing thing. Like the gore gags in this movie are so good. And uh, my favorite one is where he just rips someone's face off and the skull screams. It's like so rad. It looks so good. I love it the most. Uh, But also we get a jail uh, sex scene that yeah, happens. The, in the, the wolf cop is a surprisingly tender lover. Like, <laughs> and there's like a whole song that plays, and there's like candles and like she stuff that would not be in the jail cell. That's in the jail. It's just so good. It's so purposefully ridiculous. Uh, I I love that so much. Everything about this movie is very purposeful. They know what they're doing. They know exactly what effect that they want they want the gore gag i mean i do love matt cherry because usually i hate when a character will just say what just happened on scratch like yeah i know i saw it but he goes yeah you ripped that guy's face off like you can tell you ripped his face off (laughs) there's there's no other way to explain what just happened (laughs) um which way matt cherry rules in this movie but also my favorite one is when they find the male candidate which i think is the first person he killed i can't remember if he killed him or if it was the shapeshifters that did but they've tried to do it like He's a um, heroin addict who's died in the forest, but he now has this massive gash. Like, like he's obviously, his neck has been chewed out. And <laughs> um, the good cop, Tina, sort of goes, what about that massive gash there? And the sheriff, all the sheriff can say, ah, the critters got to him. <laughs> it's, it's just like, no, <laughs> that is a big animal. Yeah, just a huge, huge gaping hole in his neck. Is, yeah, a little <laughs> yes. concerning. But probably um, an overdose. Yeah, but probably it's it's definitely an overdose. He was never meant to be mayor, but it is no. I like 
yeah, this movie sets up everything really well when um, Lou's driving through the streets late and you can tell he's clearly drink driving and sliding all over the ice, which again, kind of amazing. Um, you're seeing everyone in town and this is the worst town ever. I mean, the way that those guys are beating him up the corner then everyone just smiles when the cop car goes by. I love these movies too where they're like, it's clearly a small town and yes. yet crime is rampant everywhere. Like it's just, what? It's, there's not that much crime in a major city in this town that's like four houses. It's just, there's just drug, it's, Total chaos. Yeah, everyone is a drug dealer, a drug addict. Um, there's a mess. I love in small town these movies where they've got this massive drug operation just happening outside. I'm like, who are you dealing to? Because we've not seen anywhere else. You obviously outside the town, but there's this way too big a drug in empire happening right outside of town. That yeah, um, always a warehouse when really it's just like people making meth in a trailer. Like, yeah. it's, but it, it's it's always some giant manufacturing facility where you're like. That's a waste of space. You just need a and closet. money. You could you could really cut down your overheads, but that is the um eighties way. I mean, it's kind of like when you're watching um, and not Turner and Hooch, Django and Cash. Sorry, um, Tango and Cash. When you've kind of got Jack Palance, this massive operation. I'm like, how powerful mm -hmm. are you? Like seriously, I know criminal enterprises can be powerful in certain sectors of the city, but you're like the mayor. <laughs> it's it's yeah yeah. They're they're always powerful, but they're always like in a room with no lights on. Like exactly. it's always like, the table is a light or something that's completely impractical where you're like, why is who designed this evil layer for this guy? Like what's you need some overhead lighting in here. Yeah, and this movie kind of knows that joke. So that's kind of what they play on. And I love that. And the fact they've got Jesse Moss who looks kind of got even like in like back in the day, he looked young. He still looks kind of young and he still is trying to be like this badass of like poking people's eye. I like that gore gag when he just like uh, pokes so, the eye out. So good. Yeah, and I'm just like, it. yeah, but you still look like the kid from Ginger Snaps. I'm sorry, you haven't aged. Yeah, uh, it it is sort of distracting, but that's probably because I know Ginger Snaps so well because like I just, I love Ginger Snaps. I love all three of them, actually. I wish ah. that there was more Ginger Snaps. <laughs> I still haven't seen the other Ginger Snaps, though. I read the plot of the second one, and it sounds fascinating how they're mixing addiction in with the werewolf thing. Yeah, so two, I, is, two is yeah. really solid. And then the third one where they're like, it's a Western. You're kind of like, all right. Like, <laughs> well, that's just like the trilogy. It's like Back to the Future. And now we're a Western. Yeah, it seems unnecessary. But there is a child in it that looks like Michael Jackson, and that's Nightmare Fuel. Oh, my God. Oh, ugh. <laughs> okay I do, have to watch, I do have to watch the sequels um but the, yeah this movie just is so purposeful everything is just on point of what it's trying to do and that is just trying being goofy um like when he's first when she's when they're at the bar and he's with the Jessica Lint who's going to get um doggy styled in a prison with candles and and, and nice soft soft rock um yeah. she's like what are you doing and he's like i'm doing cop work she's like since when like i do like that line because you can t kind of tell he's trying to figure out when they're shooting of course this town has an event called the dr drink and shoot like that is what this town is you get drunk and you go shoot things this is this is the town yeah i uh i don't know if you've seen the movie phil the alien no. So it's a it's a Canadian comedy directed by and starring Rob Steffenwick. And it's an, it's an amazing, very Canadian film. I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a very much a comedy, very silly. But 
that he writes all the music for it as well. So there's like kind of a rockin' soundtrack. And it's the same thing where it's just like, it's a small town, yet somehow there's like a horror house and, you know, there's like a dad and his son out in the woods with just guns. It's a lot of stuff that in, in America, I'm like, oh, this is like, this makes sense. But it's very Canadian. So I was like, wow, oh, I guess they have the same sort of gun like the hunting culture and everything that, that we have here too. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I recommend it if you're, if you're in the mood for more Canadian comedies like Wolf Cop, but even wilder, uh, Phil the Alien is, is pretty great. This is now on the watch list and I just seen Graham Green is in this. So yes, this yes. is uh, happening. Uh, yeah. It also deals heavily with uh, alcohol as the alien comes to earth and immediately becomes a drunk. <laughs> so there you go. Of course he does. No, because it's, I mean, it, yeah, Canada's kind of seen as this kind of weird paradise, but it does have red wednecks who just like to hunt too much and it does have a massive alcoholism and meth problem. Like, it's not like, yeah, it has it has issues, but I just like, so you do see a lot of weird little comedies that kind of deal with those, um, those things. And then Wolf Cop is also dealing with those things, but it's actually his superpower. If he doesn't drink... He's not going to be strong enough to take on the um, shapeshifters. And it's, it, yeah, this movie is like Hot Fuzz, is very understanding the tropes and its influences and why it's doing what it's doing, which I think is kind of the clever thing about it, especially with. No. But we do the Wolf Cop rap, which is an amazing, amazing uh, way to end the film. I mean, look, if you're going to call a movie Wolf Cop because it's about a werewolf cop, you're going to be that on the nose with your with your tropes and things. So to ha have it end with this like wolf rap is just bring the fuzz. <laughs> it's so great, and it's just telling you everything you need to know. And I I miss that. You know, it reminds me of Dragnet when they had the City of Crime rap that yes, Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd like recorded and had a music video like that. I I wish that was still happening. Like we can still have fun, people. We don't have to quit. You know. Yes, we can have the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was always my favorite. That was my favorite thing of the um going through the different characters um of of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We can still do that. It's it's fine. That is a gift I think that has been lost. But oh my god, I can every time I watch Dragnet I always forget about the song at the end and then just have Tom Hanks and Dan Good rapping is like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I memorized the whole thing when I was a kid. Like, I was like, I need to know every word of this. Why? I can't tell you, but it's come in handy a few times in my life. Thing is, I watched that movie a lot as a kid. Like, I thought I was the only one who knew about the Dragnet movie. And then when you get online and talk to other movie people, I'm like, yeah, that movie. It's like, yeah, it's got Christopher Obama playing a, um, actually another occult guy. <laughs> he runs a cult. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about human sacrifice. Really weird movie, but really fun. Like... Yeah. yeah. Just the fact, man. <laughs> when some lady swearing at him. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Dragnet. Uh, Dragnet is actually a really good movie. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, no, it's, a, it's, I have so much fun with it. And it is a childhood favorite of mine. Even if I yeah. can't remember the, the rap at the end, but I, every time I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're rapping. Yeah. <laughs> I have the record, so I can listen to it anytime I want. I used to, I when I used to DJ, I played it like on the dance floor for people and they were just like, what is happening right now? I'm like, it's the Dragnet rap. Anybody? No. All right. No. That is amazing. Um, and feels very you just to like slip in there between ministry and like um, something else. And then all of a sudden you'd like putting <laughs> in there. 
pregnant rap or i play um dance magic dance from labyrinth oh i love that song that, that one gets played a lot yeah will it go off like at midnight if you drop dance magic dance they're just like Woo! like they love it <laughs> well that's because that that is a bopping song or whatever the yeah. kids say these days that's a banger <laughs> it's a banger yep yes um yeah anything you want to say about wolf cop it is a very short and sweet it's not even 120 minutes it gets in um, and out so quickly and is packed with so much yeah i agree i think we hit all the major major moments in it all the uh, connective tissue there is just mostly him drinking so it really is i mean this a lot it's so much you do not believe how much alcohol that who uh, the actor had to drink so much kind of like weird cold tea to yeah. <laughs> would have been paying so much because he is he's it's not fake drinking it is literally him pouring liquid down his throat i don't know if i could recommend this movie if he was not really drinking because i hate fake drinking so much in movies but like he's really drinking the tea or the water or whatever it it is that he's actually consuming to uh just an ungodly amount oh my god i mean no wonder they did the penis first transformation because he (laughs) would have been just paying all the time no it's it, it and same with that character but no he is absolutely drinking because i pet peeve when someone's drinking fake drinking i hate it and i understand why they're doing it because you just cannot consume that with the amount of takes you would have to do on a set the amount of thing you'd have to do but this he is going for it he is yeah, yeah. there is i mean if a character was drinking that much alcohol throughout the movie he would not be standing and he would have have alcohol poisoning. Like the amount of alcohol is insane. Yeah. I mean, it's basically all he can, I think at one point he has a little bit of coffee, but he puts alcohol in the coffee, but the rest of the time it's just like chugging straight alcohol. It is super hardcore alcoholism is what's happening. Yeah. One of my favorite jokes is when Matt Cherry or Willie gives him a, a, a coffee to check out some sort of thing that he found on about some sort of animal killing. And um, cause again, this is a werewolf movie. You don't see it. But the implication is a lot of dogs and cats are dying. Um, and he gives him a coffee and then he just pulls out a thing of vodka and just pulls the vodka into the cup. And Matt Cherry goes, Jesus Christ. Like, again, he is the <laughs> reaction so <many>. machine. <laughs> so good every time he's just like jesus like it's jesus so funny. he's the ultimate small town dirtbag um in the best way I, I cannot celebrate his performance um enough or when um because you find out Je- the jessica who runs the bar is actually the, also the um elder mayor and he goes oh my god i can't believe i you know screwed an old woman she goes who said i'm a woman like it's yeah yeah <laughs> There's really just, there's no fat on this movie. No. It's so mean, like joke to joke, gore gag to gore gag. It's just such an efficient way to do like a small indie film as big as you can, you know? Because I mean, they, they, the makeup effects are great compared to some other movies that I've seen that are werewolves. The uh, transformation gore, the, you know, uh, all the viscera and everything, like you said, it's like, it's all top quality stuff. Very, this is a thoroughly enjoyable movie. If you're looking for something to watch this October, that's not serious, but a definitely good time. I would say Wolf Cop. Yes, I would say that as well. And the transformation I like, particularly the one Well, you get the penis transformation, but also the one in the prison, which is very, uh, the company of wolves when he's literally, 
Yeah, the skin yeah. is falling away. And I think I like that transformation. And it looks like if you're going to do a transformation on a budget, that's a good way of doing it because you are still showing the fact that he's in pain. It's still grotesque and you still have, but the way the skin is just like, he like pulls off his face of, at one point and it's kind of amazing. I saw that in a movie where I took note of it was Trick or Treat, you know? Oh, the, yes. Quint in that movie, not the the heavy metal one, but in the one where it's like three stories that are overlapping. Yeah, yeah. might come up this month. Yes, slapping <laughs> off of their hairy werewolf arms, like yeah. it's, it's such a great way to do it. I I really like that a lot. I don't remember in the Company of Wolves how the transformation was because oh, I, it's a wolf the, literally coming out of the mouth of a guy. Like yeah, 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 yeah. like yeah. on the cover. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, because I love that movie, but I was like, how is the transformation in that? Um, Only yeah, one I, real transformation, and that's it. You just see the wolf coming out of the... Yeah, yeah it's that, very cool. Really, as a kid. Um, but in this one, I love the joke where she picks up his face, literally, and she's, like, making a joke. Like, she's like, oh, hey. No, and he's, like, like, literally looking at his own seventh yes! face. <laughs> so it's so good. I mean, this is just a gag machine after gag machine after gag machine, and it works really well like um i mean it, it knows exactly what it is and it's parodying a whole bunch of stuff but yet it's doing the stuff that it's meant to be as well which i think is a real trick that not many people can do like you're actually playing it the werewolf is a great werewolf one as well as being a great 80s cop satire as well as well as some canadian witchcraft going on in there which is always appreciated because i do love a canadian witchcraft um, or a cult kind of thing, like Kathy's Curse, which I still think is one of the most bonkers movies ever made. And so much, yes. Like, you'd go, watch the director's cut, it makes more sense. No, it doesn't. It's, it's more doesn't. misogyny, that's it. Uh, yep. <laughs> True. I have a light-up uh, button somewhere for oh. Kathy's Curse. Well, you need that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was a, one of those things that I saw online, and I was like, what, did they make this just for me? Yeah. <laughs> I have to yes. buy yeah, exactly. <laughs> um all right are you ready to go on to wolf guy or i am yeah, yeah. i mean we that's as about as in-depth as you can get on wolf cop really wolf cop is not an in-depth movie it is just what it is but it's kind of perfect because of that yeah we're back the curtains are back opening and Dirk, what on earth do you show us a trailer for wolf guy okay so we've had a really fun time and so i was like you know what i started off with a birth you can't have that without a mom, so I'm going with My Mom is a Werewolf from 1988. What's going on here, Mom? That's not a costume, is it? I call it Wolverine chic. You look like Grizzly Adams. Hi, honey, I'm home. Oh, honey, not tonight. I have a headache. If this oh. is some kind of identity crisis, look at now. A singing werewolf. It's got the whole town's attention. I thought Halloween was last night. You come barging in here, interrupt what might have been the most important phone call in my life, and tell me that your mom's a werewolf? I mean, my mother's a real honest-to-goodness werewolf. Big deal. My mother's a cow. What's a daughter to do? I see the sign of the pantagram on your face. I think that's just a zit. Snack on this while I go freshen up. Do you realize what this is going to do to your social life? I have not seen this. This is a comedy. It stars John Saxon, uh, John Shuck, Marshall Wallace. It's uh, I wanted something silly, kind of rolling out of a wolf cop here, and it's a it's an eighties comedy about a mom who becomes a werewolf and how uh, everyone tries to 
deal with this fact. So, you know, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's got a fun trailer you can find on YouTube. It's uh one we had in our video store when I was a kid, we had this. And of course my stepmom's an alien. We had all I those. Definitely watch know, that one. Yes. My parent is a something was a, mm. was a eighties sub, sub, sub genre. And so, you know, I, I saw all of them, but yeah. Uh, something little funny as we kind of go into this bizarre situation that we're going into. Yes. So I'm going to get you ready for that bizarre situation. Um, but no, I need to check that out because, you know, John Saxon. Um, but that sounds absolutely perfect because my first trailer, I'm going for something incomprehensible as well, but one of the most maybe beautiful movies ever, good looking movies ever made. And that is, of course, House from 1977. <laughs> I see in your eyes where tomorrow is hiding This trailer will just be a lot of noises and a lot of music. Um, but I rewatched the bulk of it last night again, and I forgot how amazingly good looking this movie is. It's like all sets, it's all this amazing soft lighting, the matte paintings are gorgeous. Um, I don't even know what the movie's really about, except for seven girls who are all kind of named after a trope. Mac is not that fast. She just likes watermelons and that's fine. Um, and they go to a, one of their aunt's house, I think, or just a lady's house and things start to happen. And it's kind of incredible. And it's, it's very ethereal. It's very beautiful. It's um, haunting is maybe not the right word. It's, it's indescribable. It's one of the weirdest movies I've generally ever seen, though I do not have your knowledge on those kind of things, but house is, house is glorious. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think I originally saw Hausu in a, it was played in a small art house theater and just blew me away. Kind of like set the precedent of like how I wish I could see most of these movies. Like I can't imagine Wolf Guy with a crowded house. Like, oh my gosh. It'd like either the, be massive everyone getting into it or just dead silence because people are just going, what is happening right yeah, I just want to see these effects and moments yes. like a giant screen with loud sound. Oh my you know? God, that would be amazing. Yes. I watched it like a foot away from my TV with like, you know, really nice headphones on, but that's very different, you know, than like seeing, you know, him so, so tall. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so house, it's just like, um, I, like you said, it's just the, the music and the atmosphere of it and the strangeness of yeah. the image that goes on it just there's no preparing you for the things that are going to happen in a way and it's also like just a great film for conversation afterwards because you know if you watch it with somebody else then you can be like what was up with that <laughs> like floating head or whatever it's just you know um it's a great movie it's 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 one of my favorites it's high art and it's high strangeness like you can tell it's almost like an art piece that you're watching this isn't this isn't kind of like a sleep. I mean, I love Japanese weird movies because often I'm just watching them going, ah, so what exactly happened there? Um, but this is high 
it's very, very beautiful. It's very ethereal. All the girls are these amazingly beautiful kind of, they drape themselves over everything. It's, but it's, it's very funny. It's very strange. Some of the imagery you're just like going, wait, that's a head biting a butt. What? Um, or fingers playing the piano and you no, know, it is a, it, it is an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Um, and it's just pretty to look at. Like, I just love looking at this thing. What is going to be your second trailer for an, enthr- an enraged lycanthrope, which may be my new favorite thing? <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go with The War of Werewolf from 2021. film from China. An ordinary man named Lang Jun, who is uh, injured by accident during his delivery job, becomes a guinea pig for a darker power. Um, And then, uh, you know, someone else in their situation starts transforming into a werewolf. So you have sort of a, it's like a Chinese werewolf action movie. So it oh, seems this like this looks so cool. Yes, I'm just sorry, I'm just looking it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like a really nice way to kind of transition towards our second feature. Um, but what is your what is your second trailer? Um, I am definitely going to be watching this. This looks kind of amazing. Oh, and uh, there's a YouTube with English subs, and it's only a hun- uh, one hour and eleven minutes. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> that, no, no, yes, that that is going to be maybe today's plan. Thanks. My second trailer. I'm going to go very mainstream, but Wolf Guy is based on a manga, and there is a very superhero esque feeling to this movie because this is the great Sunny Chiba. So I am going to go for. The Wolverine from 2013, uh, directed by James Mangold. There is a time when our enemies knew honor. I wanted to offer you something no one else can. A gift. You have struggled long enough. I can end your eternity. Make you mortal. they did to me what I am can't be undone don't be so sure I'm not healing it before his flesh is weak now because I did read a litter box review of it saying this is Sunny Cheaper's audition for Wolverine, which is kind of reductive because Sonny Chiba don't don't need no Wolverine. But I think this is maybe where Wolverine kind of came from. It's it's a really actually solid movie. James Mangold is a really solid director. He makes solid movies. Um yes, I know everyone's screaming Dial of Destiny at me right now. And that movie isn't that bad. It's just fine. Um he's just following Spielberg. But this is just a really kind of cool samurai Wolverine movie that is based on a specific graphic novel, which I have not read. But I really like this movie just in terms of action and just a standalone weird X-Men mutant movie. Yeah, the Wolverine's pretty good. This is this the one they also released a black and white version? 
I think they might have, yeah. Because this is, he, James Mangold's very, as well as Westerns, but he's very much riffing on Akira Kurosawa kind of thing. So, yeah. And maybe even Wolf Guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I never saw saw this. Um, obviously, I, I, I haven't seen a lot of, of the comic book movies, but this one I always heard was very different and uh, would really, I would, I would really jive with it. I just haven't got around to watching it. Did you say 2014? 2013. 2013. Yeah. 10 years ago. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taking my time, I guess. But uh... no, I mean, you, I knew you wouldn't probably have seen this because I know you don't think a lot of these movies. Actually, I think it was Logan. They did in black and white, um, which was the oh. follow up. And I definitely um, did. Logan is the one I heard about where it was like almost like a Western in some aspects. It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. This is the one before that. This yes. is, I, I think I saw, so, we don't have to go. <laughs> this is a fun podcast. Things that Dirk thought he saw in a trailer. <laughs> no, I haven't seen either one. All right. No, so. and I'm not surprised you haven't. I just try to kind of put this in this movie into a context. And I think the Wolverine yeah. is it. I think the, the Wolverine, if you're going to watch an X-Men movie, this is one you're probably going to enjoy more than the others. I don't know if you'll love it because it does end. The third act definitely goes full normal comic book movie. And you're like, oh, okay. I was enjoying this weird Japanese samurai Wolverine movie until this happened. But I think there's a couple of things in there that I think is really well done. And yeah, Logan, even though I've never had the desire to rewatch it, is him making a Western. And it's got some very heartbreaking moments in that um, because of what it's actually about. But no, it's, yeah, it's really solid. Um, Hugh Jackman is good as, as, has always been good as Wolverine. And this is actually really, again, solid movie and a pretty good trailer, actually. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm just putting this into a Western context so people can understand the insanity we're about to get into. Sony Chiba, Psychic Ghost Tigers, and Werewolves. You are probably going to want to watch 1975's Wolf Guy based on those three things alone. And if that's all you need, you're set. <laughs> This movie certainly has all of these things, including a fun style. However, just as a wolfman is not totally a wolf, nor totally a man, Wolf Guy kind of lopes a fine line between werewolf horror and pinku action movie. Which is actually also based on a manga in Japan. So it's got that... Um, Oh, shoot. No, I'm blanking on the name. Um, he's a favorite director of yours. He also made Seventh, Seventh Curse. Rico, the story the story of Rico, oh, Ricky O. Oh, yeah. 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 Wolf Guy reminded me in tone of Ricky O quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's got exploitation, like, up and down. I mean, that's what it is, you Pure know? Pure exploitation, yeah. It's, it, ah, oh, man. Wolf Guy. Wolf I don't guy. even know. Start, but I did do a little bit of uh, digging into Wolf Kai. This is a movie that I've seen 
uh, a handful of times. It's something that I was instantly like, yeah, I like this movie, but I never really thought about where it came from or why it existed or that it had roots to anything. You know, I didn't see it because I read the manga. So the manga was first published in 1970 um, in a magazine, and then it was compiled oh. into yeah, two. It, it's basically a delinquent uh, student who is sort of a werewolf. Um, there was a, there was, this is kind of a sequel to another wolf guy movie that they made in 73, I think horror of the werewolf. But that yeah. is the that is the that is the pure young delinquent becoming a werewolf. So the two, so the the magazine stuff was compiled into two books, and those two books were then compiled into two novels, and that's what spawned the 1973 film um, "Crest of the Wolf" or "Horror of the Werewolf." Mm. Or the wolf. Yes, um, but it's less of a horror movie and more of like a delinquent movie, which was like pretty popular at that time in Japan, um, and then. Uh, and that movie actually has a wild mask. It's a pretty wild mask. It reminds me of the owl mask in, um, is it Stage Fright? Is oh, the... yes. The big, the big owl. Yes. Yeah. It reminds me of that because it's like, it's not just the head it connects to the shoulders, which is part of what makes it look silly, but it also, it seems weird in a way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I, I discovered that the, just the history of the manga and um, what is the next part? Oh, yeah. So then after that, and that's just based on the first book. And then there was like more manga that continued that all for some reason, the tropes of it are you eventually realize that he's a werewolf because he's not he's not turning into a wolf nope. a lot. He's an untransforming werewolf, I think of the term is. Yeah. And then there's like sexual assault in like a lot of it. And oh my so God. That's that is something. One- <laughs> you got to say about the wolf guy stuff is that for some reason that's something that is like permeates wolf guy um until the movie where there's there is that element but it's the first time wolf guy has consensual sex is this movie um which is sort of a sequel sort of as in not really to the first film because what we discover is that the director didn't know anything about the source material and and had no interest in making a wolf guy movie and didn't care to learn anything about it and well, so yeah this is movie is i was surprised in how light on werewolf it actually is i mean they do it is part of his mythos they do sort of say he's the last surviving person of this werewolf clan um, but it does not transform, but it just has wolf super-esque powers. So you can kind of tell that he's not. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no transformation because they didn't have a budget for any effects, really. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, Yamaguchi is one of my other, like, directors. He's one of those people that, like, I just love his work. And I don't think it's celebrated enough in the States because he did the the uh, Sister Street Fighter movies. Yes, he did. And, um if you like the story of Ricky and movies like that, that are so wild, um, he did haunted Turkish bathhouse, which is really wild. I've heard you mention that one, but I have not been able to track. Yeah. So I need to track that one down. Yes. Great. Super weird. Um, he's just a really fascinating exploitation director. And I love that we can like dig into these people's, um, body of work and, and realize like, you know, cause we think of maybe 
like Corman this way, where he's like, it's got to have boobs or violence every five minutes or whatever the big famous quote is, you know? And it's like, that's really how some of these movies were like made back in the day. They're just like, it's got to have this, this, and this, and we don't really care about the connective tissue, which is part of what I think makes Wolf Guy so fascinating is that like, there's no handholding, no discussion of whatever. They're just like, this is the boob shot. And then there's this scene and then this blood thing. And then you're just like, yeah, but what is holding this thing together? It's just so strange. Sonny Chiba. Sonny Chiba is holding this thing together. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's, no, I mean, I was watching a, a video essay that was on the Arrow release of this, which I am so glad I own now because I just get to watch this thing anytime I want. And I'm very happy yeah. about this. Um, he talks about how this movie has more in common with a Pinko movie than it does, say, a action horror movie. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know a lot about Pinko. All I know is that these tend to be, um kind of action sci-fi japanese movies that are more about titillation so there's a lot of boobs yeah and a lot of rape going on i have seen another one and there was a mermaid rape and i'm like that what what is happening right now that is the thing that happened in one of the movies and i know it's kind of weirder so i think it kind of fits into i don't know if it's a straight pinku movie because i think those they're very specific to what those are I think they have they have more sex mostly. Yeah, more yeah. sex. But every woman that comes to this movie will show her boobs. Wait, does the uh, Mika Miki does she show? I don't think she does. I think she's fully clothed. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The main the main woman in it, um, in fact, stays clothed. Um, but she is a syphilitic heroin addict who has been gang raped because this is a Japanese movie from the seventies, and someone is always gang raped in these movies. Um. And that is a that is a review like whoa okay um scene but no this movie is not going to hold your hand you uh I know I was looking at this movie the director's filmography and he worked with um Sunny Chiba quite a bit in other movies that I need to try and get because there's one where there's a poster he's fighting something of champions and he's fighting a bull and I want can I see that movie um <laughs> a weird it changes genre every ten minutes. Um, I thought, oh, Shani Chiba's a cop. No, wait, he's a detective? No, he's a, oh, he's a reporter. Okay. So it starts yeah. off with this hard-boiled kind of seeming movie. They're in the, like a tokyo S city. A guy's running through the streets going, I've been cursed, I've been cursed. It's Miki, Miki, she's cursed me. The tiger's after me. And there's just this floating image of a tiger. And suddenly just someone rips into him. You don't know ever why this happens or why this happens to people. It is just, she's not happy. And I don't, quite frankly, do not blame her. But it is this amazing, and then you're just in another movie. You're in another movie. And it's it's kind of amazing. And I'm kind of glad Sonny Chiba's in there because he is such a charismatic mofo that you cannot yeah. stop watching him. So you don't necessarily care. Okay. You're changing character every five minutes. Um, you're changing personality almost. I, I don't particularly care, but the fact this is the first time Wolf Cops had consensual sex. I mean, yeah. Cause every single time a woman comes up to him, they just go and my legs are parted. <laughs> this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I can't name a better movie with psychic tiger attacks than <laughs> this one. Um, yeah, I, the second you see the tiger, well, I mean, in the my number one love for this movie is actually nothing you see on the screen, which is really, really, really great. It's yeah. the music. It's the soundtrack. It has this funky, awesome soundtrack by Hiroshi Baba, who is actually June Fukumashi, oh. who is a, he's a jazz fusion composer. He made this uh, soundtrack under a pseudonym, Hiroshi Baba. So... uh <laughs> 
Yeah, he's a crazy fusion, uh, jazz fusion player, keyboardist, recorded, I don't even know how many albums. A lot of his work you can find on YouTube in full length. So um, I recommend people check it out because it spans all over kind of wild, like avant-garde, 60s, 70s. Like, it's just, um, he's a fascinating musician. And the music in this is like funky and weird, but like kind of gritty and grimy, just like the movie is. It just like fits in a way that I'm like, when is Tarantino going to borrow this for one of his movies? Like, it's just... I'm surprised he hasn't because he loves Sonny Chiba movies and you can see Street Fighter all over his his work. Yeah, we um, put him in one and two. So. Yeah, exactly. I I mean, I've only just started watching Sonny Chiba movies. I think I only watched Street Fighter. Um, no, wait, I saw one of the sister Street Fighters that he pops up in a few years ago. But in terms of his movies, I only saw Street Fighter this year, which is an amazing movie. And just in terms of... That might show up in a Discovery episode later on if Dirk still wants to do one. Um, I mean, there's a strange cat person that just pops up for no reason. And I'm like, hey, there's a cat person. That's awesome. But the action is amazing. The action, and he was a, he did, he was an actual martial artist. Like he did karate or was he just a very hot magnetic guy that they just put in action movies? You know, I think he was an action guy guy i i could be totally wrong um i don't know his entire backstory but i knew i do know from that arrow release that he regrets doing so many action movies because he feels like it like derailed his career but the thing i like that that i've read about sony chiba so much is like he was popular like bruce lee was popular but bruce lee is this like balletic fighter you know and and sony chiba is like uh just a battering ram in the streets is kind of like Chiba, you know, it's just like, you don't want to get hit by Sony Chiba. Like with Bruce Lee or something, you're like, okay, I get hit and I'd be hurt, but that's it. But like Sony Chiba is just like, he's just taking fools out and throwing them on the ground. He will throw you out a window. Like he is not messing around. That was like, no, thank you. I love Sony Chiba. I love Sony Chiba as well. And I think it was probably because I think it probably right. I think he got typecasted. And when I watched sort of look at Sony Chiba's run, it seemed to be very short. A lot of his movies were made 1975 to 1976, or he's got 73 kind of Street Fighter. I can't remember. I don't know. There was, he released like 1600 movies in 1975 alone. So he was sort of everywhere. And he doesn't have that legend that Bruce Lee has because Bruce Lee died tragically young. So you have that legend of mm-hmm. what could have been with Bruce Lee um, and the fact that he made some amazingly kick-ass movies and, again, was a very charismatic, handsome man. Same with Sonny Chiba, but then um, it's like Japanese film industry kind of changed a little bit after the 70s. You don't get the same sort of high-minded, or well, not high-minded, that very high-form exploita- exploitation you had in the 70s. It went off and did other things, and then the 90s it changed again and Japanese then Japanese film like everything else is constantly changing and then it was Quentin Tarantino who came back wrote a script called uh True Romance and had do you want to go see a Chani Sonny Chiba um triple feature um and I think because he did put him in Kill Bill one and two or one of them kind of yeah kind of I haven't seen those movies in ages um he kind of brought him back a little bit and I think it's kind of cool and now 
Arrow and 88 are now releasing Sonny Chiba movies, so they're becoming more accessible in the West instead of you having to go hunt around for weird-ass bootleg DVDs that you hope have the um, subtitles, which I have been burnt a few times going, oh, this is not a subtitle I can read. So many of those. And I just got like six more, and then three of them were like just announced as titles from like other companies, like actual (laughs) Blu-ray releases, and I'm like, damn it. Like, what? Oh, but, I do love a good bootleg, but unfortunately, I just need to check to see if it does have a su- English subtitle because I'm like, I don't understand Turkish. What is happening? <laughs> my favorite though is when it's it's got a like an English subtitle, but underneath that is like a burned Greek subtitle. Like they took the yes. <laughs> You're like, well, it, it's really hard to read what this says. Like, yeah, because it sometimes overlaps with it, and you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> Total mess, and you're just like in the. It's already like a squishy copy from VHS, you know, that they've just ripped. So you're just like, what is it about me that makes me want to watch this? Like, but I have to. I don't know. Yeah, Sunny well, Chiba's really shining right now. So yes, it's good to and see. I'm yeah, really glad because he was kind of this. He was his own genre almost, and I think it's kind of great that people are sort of are able to go back and sort of watch his movies. Um, cause the arrow blue is looking amazing. And I don't think that it has any right to look as good as it is. Cause it is a really grimy and sweaty uh, movie. I mean, this is filled with, um, the, even the sex feels grimy, even though it is all consensual, except for that oh. one pulsing with Mickey, <laughs> um, which I'm like, Oh, this is a sunny Chiba movie. This is what's going to happen. Um, I hate it, but I, I don't, it's hard to watch, but. It's very short, bless. I've seen one other movie. I'm just like, oh, this is going on for way too long. Um, yeah. Also yeah. in this one, like, they mention the situation that this band had this uh, thing with her. So you're kind of prepped for yeah. if the movie ever cut to something. And it's I wouldn't say that it's lengthy or super gratuitous, really. No, it's, which uh, Street Fight, I think, is a much more gratuitous one than yeah, this one does. Yeah. yeah. More like you're like, yeah, I get it, but this is also very weird because of the whole syphilis part, and you know, it's just the, the fact that there was a band and a band manager, and then you're like, what is happening? And then you're and like, then oh, the government right. comes into it, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, and he's a wolf. We talked about the wolf thing, right? Like he's <laughs> just the. Then when he has powers, they're not even directly wolf related. Like it's not like he can dig really well or something. Or it's just like. <laughs> Okay. super hearing or anything he's just like really strong and can kick people and like, can heal <laughs> this is the third lunar cycle and i was like what are we counting towards there's no explanation like like a wolf cop they're like here's a book that gives you all of the you know the lore of the film basically they're like here's your you know the information dump and it says it pretty quickly that this is witchcraft in in wolf cop <laughs> like this there there's yeah. witchcraft happening Cop got kidnapped in the first five minutes and had a massive had a, had like a, 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 a ceremony and now he's a werewolf and as soon as you get to the were, the full moon, he's gonna go wolf cop. Um, but in this one, it kind of flashes forward to this massacre and this little boy being adorable, and then not for another little while do you flash back and go, oh yes, we are a wolf clan. I'm like, oh, that's how he's a wolf. I was just watching this thing going, is he even a wolf? Like dead fit still with wolf cop, I'm fine, but I'm like, oh, so he's not a oh no, he is a wolf. Okay, because they talk keep talking about the lunar the 15th day of the lunar cycle. <laughs> yeah, just and like we said, like just the opening sequence with like the man in white running through the crowd and he's screaming, like you said, and then we see the the tiger in the sky, and then the psychic tiger attack just which which is just for people who haven't seen it, 
hopefully you have, is just slashes ripping through people's clothes, yeah. leaving like huge gaping wounds on their body. It's a pretty cool effect considering they didn't have any money. And uh, and I was just like instantly with the music and everything going on, I was like, I don't even care what else happens in this movie. I love what just happened. And I don't know what it was. Nope. I don't know why Sonny Chief is involved. I don't know why he's getting interrogated. What is happening? Who is Mickey? Like, what's happening? And then it kind of moves again. Like, I love when they're in the prison cell, but it's actually a super scientific kind of X-Men-esque facility. Uh, um, and they're operating on him for no reason. They're pulling his guts out for some reason. It's rather rude to leave the guts like that, but he can heal. So they they kind of squirm back into his body, which is actually a very cool effect. Yeah. And also, I was genuinely like grossed out by this part of the film the first time I saw it because they really are showing you surgery. Yeah. But they they've colored, colored the- it so it doesn't get I'm guessing that was to get past the senses. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like bright pink or green or yeah. orange. But it's like they're really like cutting open skin they're putting in like some kind of like rib spreader situation and they're like cutting back the fat in one yeah. section i was just like this is a this is a lot you guys this is, <laughs> this is yes and it's not wolf related so i don't know what's happening here but okay it's uh it's such a cool sequence because he's also at this point i think we're supposed to believe that he's getting his wolf powers back from the full moon i think is happening because he, he pulls himself up and then he just starts bending bars yes and then Kicking ass, like just yeah. I mean, that. it's a really cool sequence because you don't. Because I was sort of watching this, I then I had to stop and read about it. Cause I'm like, okay, what have I just got myself into? This is cool, by the way. I love that opening sequence. I love the fact that Sally Chief is just walking around in trench coat, being absolutely freaking awesome. But I don't know what's happening, which I should know with this with Japanese movies, especially from the 70s, from this point, that you don't you, you're gonna go in and you're just not gonna understand it, so you need to let it wash over you. But I had to. Kind of finds a mix of it. Oh, he was born into a wolf um, tribe. Okay, now, okay, I'm fine. I can get into the scientific thingy lab part and kind of figure out what's here. Yeah, but he suddenly gets his powers, and I think it's as soon as the moon becomes closer to full, he becomes stronger. And um, which they explain at the end, but it take it takes a while. Yeah, and that's the thing about Wolf Guy is like. This is not an origin story. No. This this is uh, Wolf Guy already in progress. This yes. is what's happening. This and is chapter three. Like you already, you just need to catch up. <laughs> there's no title card. There's no Star Wars scroll at the beginning. Nope. There's no nothing. They're just like, we're starting already in progress of a guy who's been cursed by someone who will be killed by a psychic tiger attack. And uh, and that's just our opening. So then we're going to go into a whole village being slaughtered and we'll get back to that. And then we move on to the next thing. You're just like, what? It's so wild. It's, I, it's one of my favorite aspects of seeing films from uh, Japan or Thailand or um, China or anywhere that there's a different um, like belief systems and things, different love, almost film logic in parts, is that I don't know what the rules are. And so I love where the first guy that's been slashed apart, the detectives are there and the guy's like, yeah, I think a demon did it. And they're like, yeah, this looks like that. And you're like, wait, what? Never come back to that at all. No. That's just something 
cops can do. They can just be like, yeah, this is one of those demons. <laughs> you just go, okay. Well. No, I was watching a new movie that's just come out, Totally Killer, which is very adorable. Um, but I was just amazed how quickly, because it's a time travel movie, but the way they just kind of gloss over time travel and everyone is just so okay with time travel that it's like, wait, what? We're not even going to have the you built a time machine out of a DeLorean line. It doesn't even have that. It's like, oh, cool. You bought a time machine out of a photo booth. Cool. Let's go have lunch. Huh. And it kind of just brushes over that. Like, I think we just got to the point where we just don't need time travel explained at all anymore. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. But yeah, it's like, oh, no, this is a place. This is a cultural reference that has demons and they can attack. And so we're fine with that. Or this is kind of a place where there used to be these clans that used to be for werewolves but then they got wiped out but you still have that one remaining guy and that's fine too like i yeah i do love being dropped in like i've been watching a couple of different um indian south south southeast asian um because it's not just bollywood it's tamilwood and a whole bunch of other things and sometimes you just have to catch up with the cultural perspective and go oh this is what we're doing now okay i just need to open my mind up and just kind of let this in because I'm not going to necessarily understand it on the first watch. So you just have to go with the flow a little bit. And that is definitely Wolf Guy. This is not a, I think even by Japanese standards, this is not a movie that is going to, um, this is not a movie, as, as you said, the director was not interested in making a Wolf Guy movie at all. So he just made a movie with Sonny Chiba, like pounding yeah. a lot of people. When like you, like you said, the, um, talking about, film logic and stuff of, of f foreign films to us. Um, I was just finishing a piece for my Patreon about the eye movies. So the, there's a, the series of films that first one's called the eye that was eventually remade with Jessica Alba. Um, but the Pang brothers that directed that did a sequel, the I two, and then they did the I three. And then they did a movie called the Ch child's eye. Yeah. And uh, so I watched all these and the first one you're like, okay, she gets, it's, it's like body parts. Basically she gets a cadaver eyes and she yeah. can see dead. Um, I love it. The second one is a little more serious and is kind of about this person that almost dies and they can see spirits as they try to crawl inside women's vaginas to be their babies. Yeah, um, interesting. And, yeah, well, the uh, that's a more literal, literalization of the, the, um, yeah. the uh, reincarnation. Yes. Just, it's a weird. And then the third one, they go super off the rails and it kind of bums me out that it's called i3 because i don't think people are actually going to watch it but in that one it's almost like they they infuse a bunch of humor into it and then they have this book these young people do with like 10 different ways to see ghosts and so they start like doing these different things to try to see ghosts or stop seeing ghosts and the way they apply all this weird uh to me it's weird logic and things like there's one where they if you peek between your legs you could see a ghost, like if you felt like there was one behind you. It's and you just bend over and look through your knees, and you can see like a dead person. So and you're just like, "What?" But it's so fun and so creative, and just like left me as like a you know Westerner just being like, "Oh, anything's possible." And that's no, like I, such a fun place to be in movies, you know? No, I love Japanese ghost stories in particular. And I'm not just talking about The Ring or The Grudge, which I do like those movies a lot. But the way that they treat ghosts is so different to how a Western tradition is going to treat treat ghosts. Like you said, they're just going to peek through their legs and, oh, they can see a ghost. Or um, through video cameras or kind of things, they kind of always like an ice. They always love an eye substitute, I guess, is what I'm yeah. saying. Well, in the uh, when I rewatched the Jessica Alba, the eye, 
it, I was comparing constantly. Mm. It has to be, it's like the grudge versus Zhuan. Like yes. at least in the grudge, they put Sarah Michelle Geller in Japan. It, in so it makes eye. a little bit more sense why yeah. it's happening. The album is just like in a city. And so when she sees like uh, in the original film, there's a part where a dead kid is, is squatted down and he's eating the candle from a shrine outside of someone's um, doorstep. Yeah. Just like a little shrine, shrine I think. Um, I don't know the, the, the reasons that it's there, but that's what I'm guessing for. It's some mm-hmm. kind of like act of good faith. And so he's eating the candle and she's, he's like, I'm so hungry. And it's very creepy and unnerving. In the American one, it's just a boy in a raincoat in a hallway. And he's like, I'm cold. And you're like, well, who cares? Like, yeah. this isn't. When you see the original, you're like, why is he eating a candle? I'll never forget that sound. But like in this one, you're just like, yeah, kids are cold. It's not creepy. No. It just loses something in the translation, much like I think Wolf Guy would if it was remade in the States. It would be Wolverine. Like that is, I think, how the literal trans transformation or translation is he's a superhero. He has kind of the similar powers, which is the self-healing and it's the Wolverine. Like I... Which, by the way, is Canadian, which I always kind of love about that Wolver- the Wolverine character. He's actually Canadian. <laughs> oh, wow. What a weird connective tissue to Wolf Cup. Uh, I know. Um, but, it, it, yeah, I think that is kind of what the translation is. And it's much more safer. It makes much more sense. It is you know who the good guy is. And he's always going to do the right thing, even if he's more of an anti-hero like Wolverine. But with a Sonny Chiba, I'm just like... I'm not entirely sure what you're going to do next. Or have these weird musings about when he's fighting the guy who's kind of like a half wolf hybrid so I like good. The, when they love when they're just jumping on the wall that's when i was thinking of ricky o for some reason i was just thinking oh this part, is got, yeah when they go up the wall it's great but yeah. when they jump and there's the crazy special effect overlapping their bodies as yes. they're jumping i was just like this is amazing what it's is so cool and then the other guy just dies because he cannot handle the wolf blood like that <laughs> is like it's such a like oh oh i can only be the only one wolf it's like Oh my god, this is just such deep idea you can make a whole movie out of. Yet it's barely five minutes in the movie. Yeah. It is. This is what this movie is. It's constantly throwing things at you that could be their own movie, and then you just move on. Yeah, it's. You don't even have time to really think about it before you've moved on to something else, and you're like, wait, but wait a second. I think, I think you just introduced something new that we're not. We're done with that. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, which Asian cinema does a lot. It will constantly just throw something at you and just go, oh, yeah, and then we're going over here. And you're like, but I want to stay with half-breed wolf person. Like, he's made in a lab. He's interesting. And then, no, he died. Oh, okay. Um, Or, like, when he goes back, like, I love the whole thing of he goes back to his home uh, village that has been decimated, and they're still there waiting for any kind of wolf person to turn up so they can hunt, which is, I love that idea. Like, he's just... They're just waiting around to, to kill him. Sooner or later. Sooner or later. But then he meets the one woman who's got really weird mother issues going on. Oh, you have the same name as my mother. <laughs> Let's fuck. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was just, there's a part where the director says that they think they hired her because she has large breasts. Yeah. That's right where he like puts his face like right. There's like yep. a side. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's really amazing. I love, um, excuse me i love thinking about like you said that guy that's created in the lab that's like crazy wolf man because he's like probably 30 years old or something so that means that for 30 years these scientists have been feeding and hanging out with this wolf man and sunny jiba kills him in like three minutes it's like i wish it just panned at this scientist just being like 
30 years of 30 my years life of work gone <laughs> you didn't think about wolf blood could be oh jeez oh it's it's kind of yeah you're right we did not get it would have been great just to see sort of the scientists just like being very sad and just looking at their yeah. feet going my life's 30 work. years of our life <laughs> gone yeah because that guy seemed like a jerk too so that seemed like a long 30 years hanging that, out with that guy. yeah and the more you'd saying you'd hold on to something is no no this is my life's work yes i realize he's a jerk but that's beside the point <laughs> till he jumps it's gonna be amazing oh that jump is one of the best effects in the movie i mean this movie has really cool effects in it like the intestines going back into the body and him healing up and him like pulling the bars i'm like yeah i'm really strong now this is the moon cycle is working for me um and then but that wall jump is incredible like i had to stop and go back and go wait what how do they do that and he's like throwing coins at people is that one of his i think that's yes (laughs) i think He's like, it's the second he started doing it, I was like, he just threw like 30 quarters at people. What's happening in this scene? Like, that's a thing. Wolf, huh? Okay. I guess that's a wolf. I know. Because when he goes back to the the mother figure and starts sleeping with her, I'm like, wait, what about Miki? And then they bring her back and like, see, the moment he leaves you, he cheats on with someone else. I'm like, well, actually, to be fair, yes, he did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that, that is. And then she kills herself and her, I think. Or she's shot. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. It, a lot of people die at the end. <laughs> yeah. She hung herself, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was... That was somebody else. That was someone else. Someone else hung themselves. I can't remember what happened to her because it just ends with her with him carrying her over the hill of like, this man will never not be alone, I think is what the... He's like the Incredible Hulk in, in the Lou Ferrigna show. He will always be. Uh, going true. on to the next adventure. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't try to fight him in a rock quarry, I think is where that all goes to. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, that's where they really drive home that leaping is, is, is a wolf thing. That's yeah. He does a lot of leaping. And uh, yeah, it's, man, wolf guy. It I wish does, that... Yeah, it does feel like a, um, a Japanese TV show. It's like, this week on Wolf Guy, and like, he can jump. And oh look, it's the mood. So I'm in a wolf quarry. I'm like, this feels very Power Rangers right now. Just the the vibe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, Wolf Quarry. I'd watch that movie. That's oh, a good I would name. totally watch Wolf Quarry. That would be yes. Somebody should write that book. Yeah, I uh, I love Sony Chiba in this movie so much. I just love how he's giving it like all he has, despite the strangest haircut. It's oh, just. My- that haircut. It's just the little curls out the side. Uh, I, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I was like, is this wolf like? I don't the a lot of the movie you find yourself going, is this a wolf bit? I don't know. Because we're not gonna get a werewolf. So no, no. I was actually surprised. I was expecting a transformation and then it just never happened. I'm like, oh, non-transforming werewolf, but he does wolf things. It's like the Spider-Man show Japan did. It's like right. Yes. yes. It's like, it's kind of like Spider-Man. We're doing poses, but that's about it. Not all we can afford, guys. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> she should have chosen the Spider-Man, the Japanese Spider-Man thing as a trailer. That I, that might sneak that in somehow. You should. It's pretty great. It is amazing. <laughs> you can find that on YouTube. It's it's such a fun show. It's just like, he has Spider-Car, Spider-This, Spider-That, and he does a pose, and then he fights someone, and then it's done. <laughs> That's basically all you need, really. Yeah. They should make a Wolf Guy show. We should they bring really it back. They really should. Yes. I think there has been another, I think it might have been a, another manga they did in like 
Yeah, 2007, I think. Yeah, it was another manga, but they haven't done another movie or TV show yet. Yeah, it hasn't been re... I think, well, I. that's the weird thing about it, though, is because it's like, it starts out and it's about like a high school kid mm. whose sexual situation is with his teacher, I believe. And so you're like, oh, I don't know if we need a show of that. And then they're like, but look, sometimes he's a werewolf. And you're like, okay, oh, I still don't think we need that. And they're like, well, now he's an adult. And okay. okay. And he's doing things. And you're like, well, see, I don't know if we need that. It's no, like- okay. I, I, I want them to do another Sonny Chiba-esque kind of one where he's just roaming around and women are just like taking off their tops every single time he walks into a room. That could be fun. <laughs> no, I think that's the thing that's so great that the director had no interest in the origin, like the the material itself, because the movie he made is just so bizarre, but yet luckily devoid of of some of the history of, of Wolf Guy. Uh, I mean, if it was to be remade by somebody these days, Nicolas Cage, maybe? Maybe. I, I could definitely... Yes. But, yeah. I mean, you need someone kind of unhinged to do it, you know? Yeah, you do. Don Lee from the Roundup? Actually, yes. Right? He would be just... an amazing Wolf Guy. Because that it's guy like, can throw a punch like no one else. God, yeah. Talk about like just the sound of him hitting people is like, oh my gosh. I, no mean, I, I mean, it's a trope that's been used quite a bit, but when he's punching the 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 thingy bag, boxing bag, and you find out there's a person in there, I'm just like, yeah. Dunley does that the best. Like you feel yeah. every single punch on that one. I don't even know what movie I first saw him in, but I looked up everything I could find and watched everything like he for me, is... was trained to busan and then i had to look up what ass he was in because he stole that movie good so good yeah i you know i should do an episode just based on him you should because he really... is phenomenal yeah he is yeah, were... a charismatic mofo and you cannot take your eyes off him every single time he's on screen and that is he's in the eternals which is not a movie i easily recommend to people i kind of oh. like it but he you cannot take you you cannot take your eyes off him in that movie Um, there was one that I saw, not the Roundup, not Eternals. Oh, God, yeah. Unstoppable and The Gangster, The Cop, and The Devil. Oh, I still need to see that one, yes. Those two are so – I saw those back-to-back. And there was one more while I'm totally derailing this conversation. Mm-hmm. Cut it all. <laughs> anyway, he's awesome. He should be the new – I reckon he would be an amazing wolf guy because he's got that same intensity as Sonny Chiba. Yeah. When he stares at you. You're like, are you going to try and hit on me or are you going to try and punch me? And I don't know which one it is. Yeah, and he's so intimidating. Like, imagine seeing him and then hearing, like, well, if there's a full moon, he has, like, superpowers. And then you realize that it's a full moon and he's staring at you in an alley. You'd be like, oh, I'll just die. I, you don't uh, yeah. Have to. yeah, I'm just going to lie down. I'm going to call. I'm just going to ha- don't even try and hit. Yeah, I'll make it easy for you. Just like, I'm lying down. Um, Actually, Takashi Miike would make an amazing wolf guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the Mole Song trilogy? No. Wait, is okay. that the one about the Yakuza cops or am I thinking of a different It was the it's like three movies, but the last one came out like 2001, 2002. Oh, I'm thinking of a different trilogy. This is a weird comedy he made and I was like, oh, this is the weirdest thing ever." Oh, but it's, so yeah. You saw did it have a part where someone was falling off a building and a tiger was biting his head? 
No, but that could have been the first one because this one was he was hanging off a cliff and he had to keep an a bowl erection and he had to keep a bowl on his penis, otherwise he'd be attacked by seagulls. Yeah. Things that actually happens in movies. <laughs> no, this checks out. That's a gay yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And same yeah, with no. him being bitten by a tiger when he's when he's falling. That this is a Takashi Miike movie. <laughs> yeah. I I can't get those in the States and I'm dying to see, I saw one image of the guy falling with the tiger biting his head. And I was like, what is this? And then I found out Mike and I was like, I have to get this, but it's just never been released. Probably won't be. I don't know why. The movie's but, uh, made a hundred movies and unfortunately we're not going to get them all of them. But I'm like, can we just get some of his weirder movies? Cause they are so friggin' bizarre. Like again, logic does not matter, and I'm just like grinning from ear to ear, going, "I don't know, I don't know what's happening." But the guy has a robot leg, and he just fell off a boat. I, I, this is amazing. I just revisited the um, Dead or Alive movies. Oh yes, them? yeah. They were that the pacing of just the opening sequence where the guy's eating ramen, and it's all this crazy club, and then he gets shotgunned from behind, and the ramen shoots out of his stomach at the camera, and I was just like. This is amazing. And yeah. like, I mean, yeah, I feel like there should be that a part of the Academy Awards where they just play something from a Mike movie every year. Just so people are just like, what are we doing? That guy is doing crazy stuff what over is, here. Yeah, because people sort of think of Itchy the Killer or 13 um, Assassins, which uh, I actually haven't seen uh, the kill, uh, Itchy the Killer yet. Um, I've seen the images. And I'm like, yikes. Um, and 13 <laughs> Assassins is, is an amazing movie because two thirds of that movie is just a battle scene. I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of his more serious toned down stuff. When you're actually watching some of the other stuff he's doing, you're like, oh, I, I need to see this is bonkers. This is true bonkers. Like, yeah. yeah. I have a whole selection of his stuff. And it's just like, I mean, I don't, I can't really think of another director that can be super wild, crazy, weird, up, unsettling, mm-hmm. um, you know, with just like graphic nature of stuff, but can also make good movies like just like you know what i mean something yeah. devoid of exploitation he can make something and you're just like oh wow you you he's doing it all which is why i think like when people are so dismissive about like his movies and stuff it's like he's intentionally doing this yes. like he's not he knows what actor. he's doing yeah he knows what he's doing. this is the end product he wants you to have you might not want that in a product or like it that's completely fair but like it's purposeful happiness to got a curries he did on purpose like oh, that's yes. the way it be and so I uh I, I I love that and I love you know watching things even if I bounce off of it just being like well okay this movie wasn't for me at all but um it's not like I can you know there's there's certain directors that I just completely bounce off of but I still watch the movie and I still give myself the opportunity to hopefully connect with it but um but you know I don't think of that as garbage because I didn't. And plus Mickey's made a hundred movies so you can just pick and choose the ones that you kind of want he's also made children's movies in Japan, which I'm dying to say, I want to see a children's movie made by Takashi Miike because I want to see what that looks like. Like, Talk about not knowing the lore and history. Like, Yokai Monsters, it's like, I didn't know any of that stuff or, like, the subject matter. So when I watched it the first time, I was just like, what is happening with this? And then, you know, you start digging back into it and it makes a little bit more sense, but not much. But visually, what a treat. Yes, but Japan does that so much. Even something so grounded, like, the first Godzilla movie, which yes, I realize that is about a giant lizard creature, but it is very much a metaphor of Hiroshima yeah. and Nagasaki. And that's the movie you need to watch after you watch Oppenheimer. That's kind of the thing. And then, but when you go into the Godzilla movies, they just get wacky. I mean, they have like underground people, they have aliens, they have, I mean, Mothra is an insane idea. I love Mothra. Yeah. She's my best friend. 
but that is an insane kind of fairy thing can summon the thing from the egg and it's and the japanese and south korean do that so goddamn much it's like okay what is this now what is and you just kind of open yourself and you're like i'm just watching something weird and yes i know from a japanese perspective this has so much more cultural context to it but i've only been to, to japanese japan once i mean it's not like i'm infused with the culture but i love watching their movie because i'm like i have no idea what i'm gonna get this is your version of a werewolf movie that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah 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 no i love that it's a kind of like similarly stephen chow would do with his films and yes. comedies you no know, like watching um oh not shell and soccer but what's the big one that oh. uh Shoot, I, I know, I know. It's another soccer one. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Oh, so, Kung Fu Shuffle. No. Kung Fu. Yes, it? Kung Fu Shuffle. Yeah. Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle. That's it. There yeah. it is. Um, the first time I saw that, and they talk about the different styles, and there's like bullfrog style and Buddha's palm and all these things, but it's done in like a Looney Tunes effect. Such like, a Looney. That movie blew my mind. Like I saw that before I saw Shell and Soccer, and I was like, "What is happening in this?" It's like the first time I watched Spirited Away. I was like. Yeah. What? And you just fall in love with it. And yeah, but yeah, uh, Kung Fu Hustle, when they just talk about the different styles, I'm like, I don't understand what any of this is. Now I have some background because I have seen more Short Brothers yeah. movies and I can kind of go, oh, I know what those different styles mean. I know what a monkey is and I know what all that means. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but you know, when you first come across those things, it's just, you just go, whoa, I don't know what any of this is, but it's all real happening in this world. So, okay, I'm yeah. I'm going along with it. But, um, and then as you get to grow and, and watch more movies like that, you're like, oh, okay, so there's the monkey God and he's like mischievous, got it. And yeah. then there's this happening, you know, it's like, you know, or even like with the ring and the, and, you know, Juan and Ringu and all of that stuff. See, I have like the little, I don't know if you can tell. But oh, you do. I just saw it. It's adorable. Look at her. She's adorable. She's not. <laughs> she just hangs out right here on my microphone. Oh, she scared me so much when I first saw the ring. I was not happy. I hid behind the couch. I was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I saw, I think I saw the ring first and then I saw Ringu. And... Yeah, that was the way that I had a friend. I went and saw the ring, told her how much scared that movie scared me. And then she goes, oh, really? We should watch the original. And then I was behind the couch. I was like, how dare you do this to me? <laughs> It was one of the first, like, I mean, when I was a kid and saw like Jurassic Park in the theater, that was a thing. Like that opening sequence with the huge score, but that's a different vibe. That's like yes. a blockbuster vibe. Her coming out of that TV was so, for some reason, deeply unsettling. And yeah. like was was one of those moments that like, you know, like in uh, Exorcist 3 when the nurse walks out of the room and you get that great jump scare. Yeah. It's like. We had one of those horror gems that we, you know, we got like in our lifetime, like when it was new, like, and that's so exciting because a lot of movies come out and we just go, yeah, we saw the new horror movie or whatever, but like, it's not the girl it's, coming out. Of the- <laughs> it's even coming out of the well. Like, I don't even remember seeing her coming uh, yeah. out of the tea for ages. Like, even in when I saw the the remake, I think I was just like hiding in my roommate's lap. I was just, her just coming out of the well was enough. Let oh, alone yeah. when I found out she came out of the TV, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was something about it. Cause I know they filmed it backwards. That's the whole effect. Um, but yeah, it was, I'd never seen anything like that before. And it was so unsettling. The fact that a character could just literally climb out of the TV and I wouldn't, I still don't have the Blu-ray in the house. I'm like, no, I don't want to climb out of my TV. No. <laughs> it's- Where they did- and everything it's just like oh 
No, no thanks. Gonna pass on that one. And yet I own all of them. And uh and that's and I'm gonna watch one of them this evening, actually. So you should, because they're fun and idea movies. It was I was watching uh not three sisters, two sisters. The um Yeah. And um my partner came home and he was sort of watching, is this this he goes, is this gonna be one of those freaky ones where a girl with half hair over one face does something? I went Actually, you know what? I think that might happen. This is the kind of movie where yeah. a scary girl with hair covering half her face is going to do something. I went, that's a possibility. I cannot think as, yeah, I'm I'm out. <laughs> yeah, Tale of Two Sisters is really good, though. So I really, good. it's like way better than it should be. It and like, is. I, I blind bought it. There was a store here that carried like movies from Japan and Korea and a little bit from China. And um, so I just like bought it because it was, they didn't have it to, to rent there. So I was like, no, I'll just take it home and put it on. It was like, oh, this is like genuinely a good movie. Like I thought it was just going to maybe be a kind of ghost story or something, but it like, man, that movie rocks. I'm I'm excited to see it. It's getting a new Blu-ray, a couple of different Blu-ray releases. It I is. Saw yeah. I have a Blu-ray of it because I, I can't remember why I bought it. I was like, because I saw the remake even before I saw that one. So even then the movie surprised me. Like I was. Is the there remake, an American? Yeah. It's called The Uninvited oh. or something. Not bad, but it has like the first twist and that's it. It doesn't have the three other twists in it. Um, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, yep, I knew that's going to happen. Wait, what now? That happened? Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wow. It goes to what you go, oh, this is happening. Oh, yeah, okay, I figured that one out. Wait, what? That's happening? Oh, no. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then you get to the final, but you're like, wait, that is also? Okay. <laughs> I love it. It's, I love uh... it so much found out there's a new like american remake box set of the ring movies coming out and i was like well there's only two but there's a third one i didn't know existed it was like called... a couple of years ago it's not good it's yeah called ring it's bad yeah. right it's very bad you um, don't need it you don't need it in your life <laughs> I'm I usually... I yeah i just tracked down all of the grudge ringu films how many and... they're gonna be like because i know there's a box set where they did six but i think there's like 20 of them and there's like even the Grudge versus Ringu isn't there. Yeah, I just got that one. I'm super excited yeah. about. Put it, but it's a beautiful. Um, oh wait, maybe I have it right here. I do. Oh. Check this. So. Oh, I want that. Looks so cool. It's got the little boy on the back. Yep. Yeah, it comes with this the prayer thing. Oh, nice. Then. Um, of course, the movie, and then a booklet that has like a whole bunch of creepy images and stuff. It's actually a, a you know really good Freddy versus Jason kind of thing. But um, yeah, I, the box set for the Juon films just has the ones that's from the original director, I yeah. believe. Um, because there's like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep making those. <laughs> They're like, we're not done yet. There's no, more. it's like Halloween. It's just like, oh, you think we're done with Halloween? We're not done with Halloween. Yeah, nah. <laughs> we're gonna actually shop that around and yeah. have some others make some Halloween movies. Exactly. Like, okay, we'll see what happens after this Exorcist situation. But I, I think they're rethinking the idea of a, a trilogy. But... Yes, because that was you could tell that movie was not done, finished. That movie was like ended in the second act. <laughs> Don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I just I can see people going for more Michael Myers, more Jason, more Freddy, because that's the character that we're attached to. Yes. I don't know anyone that's like, I love the villain in The Exorcist. I love Zuzu. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's 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 
I don't think it's as bad as people say, but I think that it is not a fully formed idea because they were planning a trilogy. And I think that was their big mistake. Act, we're done. Here's The Exorcist. I mean, it's not like people have stopped making Exorcist movies. There's been like about five this year alone. So it's not, it's not like a thing, but they just didn't see it through. They kind of went, oh, and this is the thing. I'm like, now you can get to wait for the next one. I'm like, oh, you could have. That was not yeah. the smartest idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think they thought that they could just, and maybe they will forever, but these like these trilogies where they're just like, it's connected to the first film, so we get street cred, and yeah. then we're going to make three of our own movies, which we'll see if they keep doing it, but I just... I don't, I don't know. I was kind of wanting a Pazuzu Dice Tonight movie, which I think could be very entertaining. That's mm, They weren't going to do that for the first movie. So, And then everyone's just gone on that. And it's hard because The Exorcist is one of the greatest movies ever made. Yes, do I prefer Exorcist 3 because I get um, more of an unfiltered Peter, uh, Paul, uh, William Peter Blatty in that one. Um, but it's kind of hard not to look at The Exorcist and go, yeah. You know, the first one is like genuinely a scary film. Yeah. Third one is like it's like a horror movie. Like it's it hits these cool beats and has these awesome parts that it, I absolutely love. But I feel like they're two different flavors, you know. And I like them both. It just yeah. depends on my mood, you know. Like Evil Dead One and Two. Exactly. Yeah, and I I like uh, William Peter Blatty's the way his brain works because um, he actually believes in this stuff. So he's kind of trying to make something more metaphorical oracle and deep and meaningful and the studio came along and go no we need a priest walking in to do an exorcism and you're like cool yeah can he ride a moped though like russell crowe that's the thing that is what the believer was missing if, I, if russell crowe had shown up on a moped i would have been the, one of the greatest movies of the year <laughs> yeah i um i don't know i love a good time at the movies basically and i think that that's what both of these movies really deliver oh, Wolf they wildness and then uh and wolf wolf guy and it's craziness it's just a fun double because you're watching all these i mean even wolf guy even though it doesn't really beat you over the head with it it's working with very specific tropes and they are very superhero tropes i mean the Jap the japanese as much as america all the west loves a superhero that's they mean they love i mean that's why godzilla is now the greatest of all superheroes or supervillains depending on what so looking forward to the new Godzilla, though. Like, I am... Oh, yeah. It looks oh, great. looks so good. And I think it's the same guy who did Shin. I'm not sure. But it's... um, But, yeah, they love a superhero. They love these kind of things. And that is what Wolf Guy is absolutely giving you. Like, you look at Shani Chiba and go, yeah, so you're a superhero. You're the coolest guy in the room. And then when you're watching Wolf Cult, which is kind of, again, using all these specific tropes that don't necessarily belong to a werewolf, it's like, yeah, but this still works. I want, I want a Wolf Cult five like i just want to keep them i still haven't seen the the, the second one isn't well reviewed but that doesn't mean crap in horror movie terms I, I i want i like the idea so much and i think that's what both movies do they're just fun they're berserk yeah. and they're fun and you're just smiling at the insanity of both of them yeah and and they both have a uh, i can't believe i'm seeing this you know yes. it has a that and I, I love that in movies where you're just like well i've never seen that before and that's what more can you ask for then like, because sometimes, you know, we, we've once you've seen a certain amount of films, you're kind of like, OK, and now the movie's going to do this or this kind of much thing. like an exorcism movie as much yeah. as one of my favorite, which I hope gets a general release very soon because I want people to see Late Night with the Devil, because I think that is an amazing. Um, I, I didn't oh. use that at uh, 
at a screening, I'm guessing? Yes, or? it was a film festival, and it's Australian, uh, but it's got David Das Malchian in it, and I hope it gets a big, bigger general release because it is... Oh, I read about this. Yes. Yeah. Talk show? Talk show. It's done on a talk show with a possessive... That's meant to have a possession live on screen, and the way it plays with hypnosis and what you see and what you don't see and all this background information that's throughout the film, it is so smart. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see that. Mm. Yeah, and that... So, yeah... I mean, that's a movie that kind of plays with your expectations of what that movie's going to do. But yeah, I mean, Pope's Exorcist came out this year and I thoroughly enjoy that movie because it is Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, there's a movie called The Exorcists. came out the same day as Exorcist Believer. and a Oh, okay, yeah. Bradley is in it. I could be wrong. But I just saw it on Twitter and was like, well, I'll check that out. It was like the director saying like, our movie just came out today and it's not Exorcist Believer, but... Give it a shot. And I was like, I will. I'm I'm a big fan of uh giving people's movies a, a, a look over and if possible, a little shine. Hey, I would never have watched Two Witches if it wasn't for you. So I have it right here. Because <laughs> I'm gonna watch it again. And yes. <laughs> yeah, I love Two Witches. And you did you watch um Moon Garden? No, I haven't yet. I need to, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. This is a good time of the year to watch that. It's oh, not perfect. a it's not graphic or disturbing or any of the things that people might think I would recommend. It's just this really cool, small film about a girl that's in a coma, but the, she can hear kind of the audio bleed through from reality. Only oh, she yeah. In like an alternate dream world. So it's like a dark fantasy movie, um, but just super awesome, super like tight budget, really a lot of imagination in it. Um, uh, yeah, I highly recommend Moon Garden. We uh, recently had the director um, do a little interview when Sarah and I were catching people up on our hot ones and all that stuff on a little hang episode that came out a couple of weeks ago. But That's um, queued up. I need to listen to that because no, Moon Garden is definitely going on on the list. Um, no, there are so many movies. Um, but yeah, if you get to watch Wolf Guy, watch it because you've never seen anything like it. Kind of same with Wolf Cup you have, but it's done in a remix way that it feels different, I think is probably the best way. Yeah, it's the yeah. flavor, but, um, but super fun. I would say Wolf Cop's a great one. If you have people over and they don't necessarily watch horror movies, the comedy element is a good gateway for this movie, for them to get into it and then be exposed to some cool like horror gags and yes. things. That's I've been doing with some friends who weren't, they're not horror fans and they don't like gore. But like films like Psycho Goreman and things like that, a Turbo Teen, you can introduce those horror elements through the guise of comedy, and then hopefully we can create some more horror fans. So yes, exactly. Goal. And I love getting recommendations from you because these are always movies under the radar, much like Wolf Cop. I kind of knew, well, I kind of knew of it because it was Sunny Chiba, and I'm like, I need to see more Sunny Chiba. But the fact that I have this movie in my life, I am so happy about and wolf cop is great like wolf cop is just a fantastic time um thank you so much for coming on and talking weird japanese movies with me which is what this descended into but it's always a blast <laughs> yeah thank you for having me it's a it's great to be back on schlock and awe and talking these wonderful wolf movies yes and very interesting wolf movies i'm kind of glad we looked over here and went, oh this is what else you can do and this is another country's perspective of a wolf, which is even then the director did not care that he was making a werewolf movie, which kind of makes it even more delightful. <laughs> you, you see more tiger, more psychic tiger you, than wolf. You do. 
but this is a movie that has psychic tiger i, I mean like um liquor and donuts what more could you want <laughs> really yeah um before we go please tell people where they can find your good work Oh, yeah. So VHUS underscore podcasts on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, VHS podcasts is on anywhere that you stream your podcasts. Um, yeah, we're going to be on break in a little bit, coming back for season 14 with our classic format. So we'll have um, more people. So the classic premise is each episode is about a film and the guest has the profession portrayed in the film. So we'll have, um, confirmed, uh, teacher again, a, a different teacher, mm. uh, get their perspective. We have a hotel manager. We have, um, what else? Oh, a stunt guy. And I believe another special effects person's coming on. So oh, very cool. Yeah, a lot of cool professions where uh, last uh, the beginning of the season, we did an episode on an anime, the sequel to Ricky O, uh, called Ricky O Two, and that was such a success that the anime guest wants to come back. So we're oh, gonna do an yes anime episode in the middle of all those things. So next season should be super wild and fun, and so I hope that people will join me there. Yes, I also really loved your time capsule episode you did with Aaron. Um, well, mainly because you were talking about Jim Jarmusch and David Cronenberg pleasure for sure <laughs> yeah and i'm just like well he's talking about two directors that he absolutely loves and you could hear that and in the and aaron was very you're great as well but i'm just like oh dirk's just talking about his two favorite directors this is awesome <laughs> yeah that was a natural one too we were just going back and forth on twitter about ideas and then uh i was just like i've always played with this idea of a time capsule where it's just like we're just looking at five years between two directors and then I just checked and was like, oh, okay, cool. They each had three movies come out like in this time. So we'll be doing this five years, two directors, six movies. And uh, and it just was really fun to see like what these two brilliant people were creating in the backdrop of like what else was happening in, in the world, which is not what Cronenberg and Jarmusch do. <laughs> no, they do their own thing. And they're really cool two directors to compare because they just do their own thing. Like- even when um, uh, David Cronenberg gets big studio money like he did with The Fly, it's still an absolutely Cronenberg movie. Even when uh, Jarmusch gets more money, it's still a Jarmusch, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like one of my favorite things that I said it in that episode was when uh, The Dead Don't Die came out and then people were like, this movie's slow. And I was like, do you know who Jim Jarmusch is? Like, one of my don't... favorite experiences of seeing The Dead Don't Die in a full theater. Everyone's really excited. Everyone loves the cast. And you could just turn, see the, 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 the theater just turning on it. And I'm just, and then of course, when that's happening, I'm just having a better time with it. <laughs> Because uh, they're all expecting that Woody Harrelson zombie land yes. movie. That's not what Jim Jarmusch does, baby. No. He's doing and like, I love that so much. That yeah. just, just like, oh, wow. Not everyone watches movies the way that people that like to talk about movies do, yeah. you know, like put something on. They don't learn the director's name or anything. It's crazy how some people are able to just watch movies like that. Like, it's just a thing. Like, I watched a movie and you're like, what was it? And they're like, I don't remember. And I'm mm. like, oh, my gosh. Didn't you log it on Letterbox? Or when you get people trying to mark, like they did with the Dead Don't Die, how they were marking it, marking it as a zombie comedy. So yeah, everyone yeah. went and saw it, and because it had Bill Murray, it had Adam Driver, it had all these, it had just a cast full of just amazing people, and then it was not the movie that they were promised because it's Jim Jarmusch. Like he doesn't make movies 
to please you. He makes, yeah. <laughs> it would be so weird if he made a movie that wasn't paced the way that he paces because yeah. that's how he is. Like you listen to him talk and it's not like a million words a minute, you know? He's like a very paced person and like that's the pacing of his films. It'd be so gross if he made something that was fast because you'd be like, I don't know, I'm so uncomfortable. What are you like, doing right now? <laughs> all right, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're cooking up as well, especially with those guests, because I think it's going to be um, amazing. Again, I like sort of seeing what you throw into the mix. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see more people cough when they eat your ghost pepper. Today on season 22 of Hot Ones, you can see our sauce get eaten by celebrities like Cardi B and Bobby yeah. Flay in the <laughs> in sync. It's very weird. Our lives are weird right now. Yeah, it's very it's, strange. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so I cannot see what happened. I hope more good things happen to you and Sarah because you two deserve it. But thank you so much for coming on with this um, episode. As usual, you can find us, Shock and All One, at all, on all the socials, as well as Reading Geek. We're on also Shock, the show is on all the pods. Um, Rate and review if you want. Um, and yeah, we will be back with another Howling Double feature. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.